0: Welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Daugherty of A to Z Sports and my co-host as always, Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. We are ready to talk about the Nashville Predators who have had a uh, very eventful week when it comes to um, where things might end up for this team by the end of the season uh, and not in a good way. Um, We are going to talk about just a few games that happened and then also a lot about what could be happening over the next couple of weeks. If I couldn't make it any more vague, I'm talking about selling. Selling. The Predators should be sellers. Sean, what's up?
1: Oh man, just uh, a kid taxi service just rolled back into the uh, taxi depot here. They're taking kids all over creation for sports and whatnot. So just, uh, just another day in paradise. Alex, how are you? Pretty good, and
0: uh, we we are recording this on Monday. The, yesterday, the Predators played the Minnesota Wild. We're going to talk about that game. Saturday, they played Florida. We'll talk about that game as well. I was at that one, but we got to start by talking about last Thursday, just real quick. The Boston game uh, was was real bad. I know you were at that one, and uh, it was it was just I was. We don't need to go into detail really but just overall terrible. Everything bad.
1: Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I think it's funny, you know, there's there was a lot of you had to know going into that game that that is the best team in the NHL. And I don't think that there is some expectation that the Predators were going to dominate them and come out and and beat them 5 to nothing, but I think there there could should have been in my opinion some expectation that they would come out and Put up a fight, um, and it just looked bad all across the board. And and you know, I, I think as, as we've alluded to several times that if if the Predators are a playoff team that can get into the playoffs, even via the second wild card spot, that's the caliber of team they're going to have to play yet again in the playoffs this season facing the Colorado avalanche last year, you're going to have to play the number one team in, in, in the conference. And that's not going to end well based on what I saw against the Bruins.
0: Five, nothing loss. Boston is very good. Nashville is not very good. Saturday. uh, Inexplicably the Nashville Predators offense. Well, not inexplicably, but the Nashville Predators offense really that first period was pretty crazy. They were, five goals in that first period Nashville has a 3-2 lead then they get a couple more in the second and then a couple more in the third and it's a 7-3 win for Nashville the largest goal output for Nashville this year following a shutout where they didn't score at all against Boston Florida is considerably worse than Boston Florida's you know they might not be a playoff team um and uh but they do have good players. I mean, they got some, they got some good talent on that team and uh, I think their goaltending is suspect, but that's about the only thing really. I mean, like they got some good players and, you know, I mean, after that game, there was, it, it, it didn't feel that different. I mean, I, I think that they were glad to have gotten some goals, right. I mean, there were certain, certain guys you like to see get on the scoreboard. I mean, Matt Duchesne gets a nice goal. Uh, Ryan Johansson scores on the power play Roman Yossi scores. Um. Tommy Novak had two goals in that game quietly and Martin McDonough had three assists. He talked about after the game that there were no passengers on the ice and, um, you know, he had, he had really kind of called out the team after the Boston loss. So there's some, some, some of that going on, but I, I didn't get the feeling after the Florida game that something had changed or there was some tide that turned. I just feel like it was, you know, it was a good first step, but then it came down to Minnesota and, you know, that, that, that result. Let's talk about that real quick. So so did you, you watched the the full Minnesota game or.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, despite, despite all the streaming or the TV problems, I managed to use uh, airplay from my phone to watch it. So I did manage to watch it. Yes. Yeah. So there
0: were were some weird issues with that. So Nashville has a, 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 is down two to one after two periods and, and really like, I didn't think that they looked very good in the first frame, and they didn't look very good in the second frame, and then in the third period, it's like, well, Kaprasov puts them up three-one, and then they have a two-minute or uh, four-minute penalty to kill. Uh, Nita Ryder had a high stick, and then right after that, Roman Yosi gets a kind of a lucky bounce in front, and then it, and gets a goal, and then Nino you know, Niederreiter, with forty-seven seconds left, ties it up. Another somewhat fortunate bounce, but perhaps the most fortunate bounce of the evening was. With 20 seconds left, Ryan Hartman sends one on. It goes off McDonough and then off of him. And, and uh, I'm sorry, he didn't shoot the puck. Jonas Brodine did. But it goes off of, off of McDonough and off of Hartman and into the net. 20 seconds left to rip the hearts out of the Nashville Predators. Mm. And give them Minnesota Wild a 4-3 regulation win. Um, thoughts on that game?
1: <laughs> you know, it's... It's one of those situations where <clears throat> you're pulling the goaltender, you know, you're hoping for that goal that can tie things up, and it it happens. And you at that moment think, just considering what was at stake, I think, for this game, okay, they managed to do the thing. You know, that's that's always a question. They're gonna pull the goaltender, they're either gonna end up you know, giving up an empty net goal or they're actually going to make it happen or nothing will happen. And they make it happen. That goal comes up, the game's tied and you think to yourself, they're going to take this game into overtime. And, and quite honestly, I almost always like Nashville's chances in overtime. Um, I I don't know why that is. I just feel like they excel at three on three, at least they have historically speaking, but um, man, you know, to then have that turnaround so quickly, see the wild retake the lead with so little time left. It, it just seems like that's the, that's the story of the season right there. You know um, you have this, this effort late in the game to try to try to claw your way back in and then right at the last second, take it away. Um, just really uh, overall, I was surprised honestly that they got to three goals. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that happening the way things had been going, but they did manage to make it happen. Um, The game you would think coming off of that game against Florida, that you'd bring some of that fire with you, but it just wasn't there. Um, The predators are two and three after the
0: all-star break. All right. Let me double check that. I think that's right.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Uh, no, two and four. Sorry, two and four, two two and four, two and four. After the All Star break, six games, six games, they're two and four. There are 28 games left. Uh, they are at 58 points. You can see the record up there, they're 26, 22, and six. And uh, they would need to go they would need to get probably 20 wins in their final 28 games. They would need to go 20 and eight. So you're, you're talking about multiple winning streaks or yeah. at least a, at least one winning streak of like at least 10 games, right? You know, eight to 10 game winning streak like that. You'd have to get that in order to be on the pace to make the playoffs. And there's 0% of, of my opinion <laughs> that thinks they can do that. And I don't think anyone really believes that they could even come close. I mean, I they they could they could rattle off they could go sixteen and twelve and feel pretty good about it, but yeah. that's not what to do it. Like no. sixteen and twelve would be sixteen wins over some pretty good teams, but that wouldn't be enough. Like that, no. it wouldn't really come close. They would be at, they would be that would at ninety points.
1: That's yeah, I, you, you haven't seen the team be able to run that kind of streak at all this season. And I don't know why anyone would have the confidence that they could just suddenly pull it together at the end of the season. Personally, I don't. um, And that's, that's, you know, based on the historical Mm -hmm. data that, that you and I, and anyone available, it's available to everybody has looking at the results of the season. That's not a result. They've been able to um, have all season. I have no, idea why they would suddenly be able to do it. And it's not, if they, even if they'd done it early in the season, I'd say, Oh, maybe they can repeat that, but it hasn't happened. I mean, that's a, that's an incredible run. Um, and it, I just don't think this team has it. I, I, I don't know. So we'll, we will find out exactly what David Poyle thinks. Um, he
0: sort of promised. I mean, I, I think he, he showed his hand last week by saying it really came down to this weekend uh, and I think he was including Boston in that, in that uh, weekend extended weekend. Yeah. And so they went one and two in those games, you know, that that's not good enough. And, uh, and in one of those games, they had no chance and in a, another one, they were pretty good, but then in the one that most probably mattered the most, Minnesota, they lost in regulation. Yeah. So the one and two in those, again, like I said, two and four since the all-star break, just, it, it, you know, that, that pace is not good enough. It, it won't do it. So, that's why I, you know, I, I think it's it's officially time they need to sell. There's no doubt, no, no doubt about it. They could they could reel off a few wins here against like Vancouver tomorrow, against Arizona on the road, San Jose on the road. Doesn't matter. They 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 are too far down. They have too many teams in front of them that are much better than them. So having said that, uh, we need to think about you know we we talked last week about some some options about selling, and uh, today I kind of want to talk about instead of specific players. I want to talk about strategies for selling that I think will, will result in um, a way out for Nashville. I know you want to talk about one that will almost, I mean, I don't think it'll definitely happen, but it has to be on the table. You're going to talk about one that has to be on the table. And I, I, I'm going to talk about one that, that uh, will be unpopular, but I think needs to happen. Uh, It has to do with trades and, it has to do with, well, it has to do with trades. Oh, why don't you why don't you start uh, and give people your your take on uh, what one thing the Predators need to do, and then after uh, after that, I'll talk about mine.
1: So I think one of the biggest things, and and let let's go ahead and say that it is it is the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, Alex, um, and something that David Poyle has not done in a very very long time I, I think and I don't have I don't have the research in front of me but I want to say the last time David Poyle did this was in 2014 I could be wrong um, I'll double check myself before I publish anything but um, I think they need to be willing to do it at this point is they need to look into retaining salary on some of the larger contracts in order to make that contract palatable for another team.
0: In my memory, I don't think he's ever done it. But who are you thinking that he might have retained? Oh, uh, it was Devin Dubnik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just, I just saw it. I just was looking at it. Uh, that is weird. I do not remember that. I don't either. But there, there it is. Meaning Devin Dubnyk. So, something's weird. I, I mean, I, I believe it. I just, anyways. But that that's that trade was pretty minor.
1: I mean, Dubnik
0: ended up being pretty good for Minnesota for a couple of years
1: it's not a, it wasn't a ton of money either. Yeah. It's not the ty- type of money that I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a second part to that whole equation of retaining salary that I'll discuss in, in much greater detail in an article I have forthcoming at eight to Z sports. So, um, okay. I advise everyone to keep an eye out for that article coming soon. Um, but I, I want to say that that may be the first, uh, first bitter pill that may need to be swallowed if, if there's a way out of this. Yeah. Salary
0: retention. uh, There's a lot of rules about it. And um, I think it'll be, it is something that needs to probably happen because of, of where the predators currently sit with their, with their big contracts. I'm not convinced it'll happen. I think it's still tough. I'm only because I think the rest of the league, there's so many teams that would be somewhat interested in those players that don't have the room and like, don't, yeah. don't, don't have the room even next year. Right. Don't have, don't have the room to take it on. Um, but, uh, go ahead and give us one, one player that you think that they could retain salary on. give us, give us one of them.
1: Uh, I think they could retain salary on Grandland, for example. Yeah. Um, I think Grandland's not having a great year. I mean, that I don't think anyone's going to argue with me or disagree. Um, and, and as a result of having, let's say one down year, um, his contract becomes a, a little bit harder to move just because you know you're basing this trade or basing the movability of the contract on on not just the, uh, the, the value, but of course the term as well. And so for someone to say, okay, we're willing to give up assets in order to take on this contract, you're going to have to retain some of that salary as a way, like I said, I think the I think the word I use is palatable. You're gonna have to make that contract a little bit easier to swallow for the other team so they're not having to invest so many resources into it. Sure, they can clear up a little bit of cap space by trading a player, but the predators aren't looking to take on big contracts. They're looking to unload some money to free up some space. So they wouldn't want to get somebody back who's going to take up all that space. So they retain some salary, they replace it with somebody who, whose contract is a lot less. And while they may have to carry that cap space for, a, I think there's a way out of this. By the way, they'll have to carry that cap space for the length of the contract. So um, mm-hmm. it's not just the rest of the season. It's not just next year. It's it is for the full life of that contract. But um, you know, you, you still you can get some stuff back in that sense. If another team feels like, you know, maybe their, their style of play on another team is more suitable to what Mikhail Grandlin's doing right now, or they think they can get some value or some use out of them, then it becomes a, a deal that can be made. Um, but like you said, and I give a very good point, there's a lot of teams out there who don't have space this year, next year, the year after. So it just yeah. comes down to what, what David Poyle can do and what he can make happen. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's a reasonable take on uh, what David Boyle can do with, that, with with the current contracts. I have another option that I think the, he should take advantage of, or at least attempt, if it's him that's even doing it. But um, before I do that, I want to talk about relax the back. You didn't say it. You didn't say ooh. Oh, oh.
1: Let's try it again. Let's try it again.
0: We're going to talk about relax the back. Oh. If you want to live better, feel better, and sleep better every day, you need to check out Relax the Back, and you really do. You got to go down there and check it out. They've got tons of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, for sleeping at night. Uh, the ergonomic office chairs, the zero gravity chairs, all of them perfect for getting your spine in the correct position. That is what it's all about at Relax the Back. Is getting your spine in the right position so that you can get to sleep, or get to work, or just be comfortable uh, the way that your body was supposed to work. Um, they've also got quality recovery options in case you've been injured or you're just recovering from a workout The massage chairs and recliners. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see them right on the the screen there. Uh, those things are amazing. You got to sit in them and try them out. They have so many different custom options and they can, they can form to your body just the way they need to. Uh, the beds, same thing. You can, uh, fix all the supports and, and raise them up and down just the way that you, you need for your body to get in the correct natural position. Uh, they know everything there is to know about the way your spine works and the way to, to relax your back, obviously at relax the back, because that's what they do. They are ex- experts in that field. You just got to check it out. Go to relax the back in green Hills. It's at 2020 Glen echo road, uh, walk in there and, uh, Tell them that we sent you and tell them that you are interested in trying to fix your pain problems or fix your sleeping problems or anything like that because they have a sleep agent on hand every day. Talk to Glenn. He owns the store, and he'll also tell you about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Four of them. Okay. Um, So in in looking at this, uh, I am putting together a, uh, kind of a, a, pl- a plan. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a plan. It's more of just like, here's the steps that the, the predators need to take from here on out, because there, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. But I think if they follow this sort of path, they'll be on their way. I'm not going to go into all the steps right now, because I'm still writing it and, uh, it'll be out tomorrow, which is Tuesday before the Vancouver game sometime during the day. But I did want to talk about one of them because I think it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a good discussion and I want to see what you think about it. And that is, yeah. I do not think they're going to be able to get away with trading one of these contracts without tossing in a sweetener without pack. if Unless they're not willing to package a sweetener with a bad contract, mm. they'll be able to move it. Um, and I, I think it's going to have to be a pretty big one. There are two names I think sh- won't be on that list, but Here's here's a list of players that I think. Okay, so so here's here's the way I think about it. One of these three players needs to be traded: Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlund, Matt Duchesne. Uh, of those three, yeah. I think it, the the order should be Johansson, then Granlund, then Duchene. Johansson, just because you you say you get more money out of it, you 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 shed more money. Granlund would be the right. one to trade for hockey reasons but if you're trying to get out of this you need to get out of the 16 million that you owe johansson over the next two years uh if you were to trade two of them i think it would be johansson and grandland if you yeah i i i, I think trading Duchesne would sit send the wrong message and i think it would i think he's realistically the one that has the more uh production ahead of him left you know what i mean like He could actually still score 20 to 30 goals, maybe just 20, but like, I don't think those other guys are going to do that. So, anyways, Johansson, Granlin, Duchesne. I think with those guys, you're going to have to part with Luke Evangelista or Afanasiev or Zach LaRue or Joachim Kimmel. You're going to have to part with one of those guys in order to trade those, in order to trade that guy. I don't think Askarov needs to be on the list. I don't think he really should be a part of that. And I I hesitate to even put Joachim Kimmel on there because I think he could could actually be your number one forward prospect anyways. Evangelista is the hardest one to swallow, but I think a team would be willing to listen to taking Johansson if he he comes with Luke Evangelista, who is a very strong, high-ceiling kind of skilled forward. But you've got you've to try something. You've got to package this. I mean, Zach LaRue would be fine. I think that would be okay. That might not be enough, though. Maybe if mm. you send Zach LaRue and another guy, or if you send Zach LaRue and a draft pick uh, to get rid of Johansson. I mean, this has got to be – it's going to look like – well, it's not going to look like the P.K. Subban thing. That was a little different. But it, it's going to look – it's going to have to look like – more. maybe more like a, the Ryan Ellis, but – that's not even really the same. They've never really done this. They've never really packaged a sweetener or to, to get rid, to dump a contract like this. No. What do, you, what do you think
1: about that? We're in uncharted waters, Alex. You think about think about the old pirate maps of the sea and yeah. over where where they didn't know what there was, they would just write here there be dragons. And I think that I think that's where it's where we are right now is is that. We're, we're heading into something that the predators haven't done before and it you know it's funny because this this is while one of the newer franchises it, it has been around for quite a while so the fact that this is uncharted water um, you know, it, it's gonna be different it, you know when when you say to me Alex when you say a sweetener and, and you throw out dare I say the best Luke from the summer of Luke's yeah. I, it hurts. I know. It hurts me yeah. here in my heart, right? Because this is a, this is. You feel like okay, you you want to unload a big contract, so you can make room for some of these younger players, some of these cheaper players, um, that can come in over the next few seasons and and become yeah. you know realize their full potential in the NHL. Then you're going to tell me no, yeah, Sean, I'm well, taking him away from you.
0: I think I think, the, I think the important part to remember is. You're not getting rid of all of them. You've got to take those four guys wow. that I mentioned and you're getting rid of one of them in order to dump a contract. Yes. I, it is, it is uncharted territory, but they, they are, they are in such trouble with, with what they've, with what they've built. And um, they they've got to realize that there's only really, this is the only way out of it. I mean, like, it's not the only way out of it. A buyout is also there. I mean, like I I looked at a Mikhail Granlin buyout. It would save you some money, but does he really want another dead cap on the, on the, uh, on the books and a buyout for Johansson, I think would be a mistake. I think you need to get, if you're going to trade him, I think you just, you just trade him with a sweetener. Maybe the sweetener doesn't have to be that much. Maybe you, you start with a LaRue or maybe you start with a, um, with one of the defensemen, Jack Matier, or maybe even Luke Prokop. Because the other thing is this, I, I, you know, I think if you, you've got to sacrifice something in order to get what you want.
1: It's just a yeah. general,
0: general life rule, right? I mean, like, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your time in order to hang out with your kids, or you're going to have to sacrifice – playing on your phone in order to do your job you know like you're gonna have to sacrifice something you have to sacrifice something in order to it, it, to, to to solve a problem yeah and they've got a big problem it's not going to go away on its own no one is going to step in and just take johansson's contract or take grandland's contract they're not that stupid they're going to ask for something for it so i think it, i think that's what they're going to have to do if unless and, they unless they can convince someone that johansson for four million is is worth it and they want to retain that salary
1: I, I think what's hard is what you're looking at, you know, and this is I think this is the this is the uh the appetizer to this just un un just disgusting meal that you're going to have to eat here. Yeah. Is that this is the core that was signed long term to win the Stanley Cup and it's not doing it. It's not it's not going to happen. Not not with this configuration. And so you can keep the contracts you have and expect the same, maybe worse results for several more seasons until some of these contracts expire. But the cold hard reality is that if you have, you've uh, bet your future on this and it's not paying off, you you are, you're going to have to give something up, whether it's uh, retained salary, whether it's dead cap space or whether it's one of your, One of your precious, precious Lukes, Alex. The other thing
0: is, well, there's another, there's one thing I should mention is that I I don't think, I don't think that that, uh, that move, packaging a sweetener to unload a contract is uh, something you do in a vacuum. It's not the only fix. Like it, it it only really works if it's a part of a package of several other steps, which is part of what I'm writing tomorrow. And if you see it in that context, I think it does make sense because there are, there are other ways that they're going to have to, to, to re reload. Right. Right. You're not going to be able to get out of this without, without being bad for a couple of years, not tanking. I'm not talking about tanking for whoever the next prospect top prospect is, but you're not going to be very good because you're going to unload a good player. And you're going to have to be okay with playing like a younger bad player for a little bit, maybe like, you know, not bad, but, you're gonna to have to be okay with playing, uh, shall we say an uh, what's the word, uh, um, inexperienced, an an inexperienced player for a while. If you unload players like Johansson, Granlund, Dante Fabro, uh, Matias Ekholm, Ryan McDonough, if you if you if, if they're if they're interested in trading any of those guys away, they're gonna to have to deal with okay. Well, looks like next year Luke Prokop or Jack Matier or Ryan Ufko or whoever it is is gonna come in. Um, so there, I, I'm not entirely convinced that they would ever want that it, that they would ever do this, but I do think that it's a, it's a, it's a strategy and it is a, I think it's one that would work. I think there's teams out there that would be willing to do that. They, there are teams out there that would be willing to, to take Luke Evangelista, take the Johansson contract, cut him, or maybe just not play him or not, maybe not maybe play him, but don't care about him. And, develop evangelista into the next their next good player one team that might do that detroit detroit has plenty of cap room they need some good young players they would do it maybe even anaheim anaheim needs some good uh some good young players to go with their burgeoning young core players maybe they would do it so there are some teams out there that would do it i don't think the top teams would do it i don't think like pittsburgh or well, they're not really a top team. I don't think Colorado would do it. I don't think Tampa would do it, but you could convince a bad team to do it.
1: I, I think you're right. Um, it's just I, again, I think it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow. It's it's a it's a meal that no one wants to eat. But I think at some point, uh, if you want to have the opportunity to rebuild without just being you know hey we don't have any room for anybody we're just gonna have to go with what we have we're gonna have to make some other bad choices to uh, get out of this then then that's just gonna have to be the way it goes i mean there again one of those things has to happen i think i don't know how you get out of it without doing one of those things you're not gonna find um a magic trade partner or uh, an expansion team that's <laughs> going to be willing to, to take on some cap space for a favor down the road or something like that. Uh-huh. That those, those days are, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, behind the NHL right now. Oh, yeah. So, again, don't don't like any of it. But, again, it, it's not going to happen with this configuration of this team. So you've got to do what you've got to do to move on. Uh, moving to the
0: present, uh, just one small bit of team news. Uh, apparently, they've waived Mark Jankowski. Uh, Mark Jankowski last played in the Arizona game, that fateful bad Arizona game. He played eight minutes. He had no shots. Um, Mark Jankowski has been waived. So like, this is one thing this team does that just sometimes just uh, things don't make any sense. I don't understand why they waived him. I'm not, I'm not saying they should play him. I'm not saying that they shouldn't wave him. Why did they right. do it now? Nothing really makes sense about why now. Why did they Why did they wave him right now? Why not wave him? If they were going to play him of his last few games, why not just wave him a week ago? Uh, right. Why not uh, play him again uh, to see if he's, you know, uh, improved from that Arizona game and then wave him? Uh, what did he do in the last 10 days or whatever it's been <laughs> to uh, – To just be waived, I don't know. Doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense, and and you know, it it doesn't really mean anything regarding injuries with you know Forsberg. It doesn't say anything about Forsberg. Doesn't say anything about Carrier. Doesn't say anything about anything changing for that. It's just yeah, just waived him. Okay.
1: Well, they don't they don't need to get him off the roster for either of. Kieran or Forsberg to come back.
0: eh? Yeah, they don't need him off the roster. They don't need to waive him. I I just don't, again, it's just like one of those decisions. It's like, just, just, they just did it. Like, uh, now's the time. Okay. All right. Um, Fine. Uh, And then the only other thing is they got three games. They got Tuesday against Vancouver. That's a home game. And then they go on the road to play San Jose Thursday and the Sunday at Arizona. Like we said earlier, they could actually probably win all three of these games. Like, and they probably will now. They'll probably go and just beat all three of these teams. It doesn't matter. Because they cannot, they're not going to go 20 and 8 the rest of the way. Or even
1: 19, no. uh, what is it? 6 and 2.
0: 19, 6 and 2.
1: Yeah, right, That doesn't make sense. That's too many games. <laughs>
0: Whatever, 19, 6 and 1 or. Wait, I don't no, know. maybe. I don't know. Whatever the math is. I think 19, 6 and 2. Know. Yeah, that would work. 19, 6 and 2 would be 20 points i mean oh. 40 40 points. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, they're not going to do that even if they win these three games because there's too many tough teams coming up, so um, I mean, I am mean, just I mean still I think it's still in, still worth watching, uh, you know, see see how the how the team responds. Like, what did what does this team look like when they're obviously going to be sellers? Who who plays hard? Who plays well? Yeah. Um, how do some of the young guys develop? I mean, you know, um, I feel like I've noticed you. Parson more recently, Um, maybe Cody glass hasn't been as noticeable, but he's also missing Forsberg. So that makes a difference.
1: Noticed a lot of Tommy Novak noticed
0: and I noticed a lot of Tommy Novak. He looked really good in Minnesota and, and against Florida. Um, Yeah. So some of the young guys good to see what they're going to do. Anything else?
1: I mean, you know the, the the Jankowski mystery, but who who knows? I mean it's they've just decided, you know what we're, we're not we're ready to move on. We' send him back down, let him work in Milwaukee for the rest of the season. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, they're maybe hoping someone takes him. <laughs> maybe maybe they are or maybe they want to send him down and bring somebody else back up. I mean it, it just depends on what they're looking for really. So yeah, maybe yeah. they're bringing McCarron back. I don't know.
0: Oh my gosh. That's what they're doing.
1: You think so? <laughs>
0: Just, I i had kind of forgotten about McCarron, but I wouldn't be surprised. They got to get tougher, Sean.
1: Yeah. Um, got to play get, a little more jam.
0: Yeah, they got to get more jam. Yeah, they didn't have enough jam. jam. That was Not tough. enough jam.
1: That's an extra happen. jam.
0: Right. You nailed it. Is that, they're going to call it McCarron. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see it. We'll, uh, we'll look out for the McCarran news tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to the show. Uh, that's all for us today. You can check out all of our Preds coverage at Uh You can also follow me on Twitter at AlexDardy1. Follow Sean at S-C-S-N-S-H, and we will see everybody next week.